This is the Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. And now it's time for our reading in the New Testament. And our narrative today comes from the book of John, chapter 1. As we begin reading the book of John today, we'll start at verse 1, go through verse 28. Here's a brief overview and commentary of what we'll be reading about today. What Jesus taught and what he did are tied inseparably to who he is. John shows Jesus as fully human and fully God. Although Jesus took upon himself full humanity and lived as a man, but he never ceased to be the eternal God who has always existed, the creator and sustainer of all things, and the source of eternal life. This is the truth about Jesus and the foundation of all truth. If we cannot or do not believe this basic truth, we will not have enough faith to trust our eternal destiny to him. And that's why John wrote this gospel, to build faith and confidence in Jesus Christ, so that we may believe that he truly was and is the Son of God. Now John wrote to believers everywhere, both Jews and non-Jews, that would be us Gentiles. As one of Jesus' twelve disciples, John writes with credibility and the details of an eyewitness. His book is not a biography, you know, like the book of Luke. It is a thematic presentation of Jesus' life. Many in John's original audience had a Greek background. Greek culture encouraged worship of many mythological gods, whose supernatural characteristics were as important to Greeks as genealogies were to Jews. John shows that Jesus is not only different from, but superior to these gods of mythology. All who welcome Jesus Christ as Lord of their lives are reborn spiritually receiving new life from God. Through faith in Christ, this new birth changes us from the inside out, rearranging our attitudes, desires, and motives. Being born makes you physically alive and places you in your parents' family. Being born of God makes you spiritually alive and puts you in God's family. Have you asked Christ to make you a new person? Well, this fresh start in life is available to all who believe in Christ. And now let's begin our reading in the book of John here today in the New Testament. April 30th, the New Testament. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 28. In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, 
the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another, for the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? they asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees, who had been sent, asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. Psalm 101, verses 1 through 8. Here's a brief overview of what we'll be narrating today in Psalms. Now, David may have written this psalm early in his reign as king, as he set down the standards he wanted to follow. David knew that to lead a blameless life, he would need God's help. We can lead blameless lives if we avoid, number one, looking at wickedness. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar, he writes here. Number two, evil thoughts or perverse ideas. Number three, slander. Number four, pride. While avoiding these wrongs, we must also let God's word show us the standards by which to live. David said that he would search for faithful people to be his companions. He would choose as models and as friends those who were godly and truthful. Our friends and associates can have a profound influence on us. Make sure to choose as your closest companions those who are faithful to God and His Word. Psalm 101, verses 1 through 8, a psalm of David. I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. 
Laughter can conceal a heavy heart. But when the laughter ends, the grief remains. Backsliders get what they deserve. Good people receive their reward. feels perfect other days it just ain't working the good the bad the right the wrong and everything in between so it's crazy amazing we can turn our heart through the words we say mountains crumble with every syllable hope can live or die so speak life Other days my thoughts just fall apart I do, I don't, I will, I won't It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life, speak life To the deadest, darkest night Speak life, speak life When the sun won't shine and you don't know why Let there be no condemnation 
is today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does it mean when we say that Jesus is Lord? We hear the word used so frequently that we're in danger of losing the significance of its sheer power and magnitude. Lord is far more than a mere title that Scripture bestows on Jesus. The second chapter of Philippians emphasizes this fact by repeatedly mentioning the word name. We see that God gave Jesus the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus all of heaven and earth will bow down and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In that passage, the name given to Jesus is none other than Lord. You see, that word is not used to describe what Jesus does. It's simply who Jesus is. He is and will always be the sovereign ruler of everything in heaven and on earth. Therefore, the Christian who echoes the confession, Jesus is Lord, must have a life that reflects that confidence. Is there anything in your life that you attempt to hide from Christ? Have you refused to do something that He's called you to do? These are acts of rebellion, and they simply demonstrate our lack of faith in Jesus as Lord of our lives. One day everyone will recognize that Christ is Lord of Lords. We who are His followers should show our faith by inviting Him into any dark areas of our life and allowing Him to conform us to His image. We can begin with the simple yet profound confession, Jesus is Lord. And when we confess those words, we should be mindful of their meaning.
Yeah.
The Lored Business Network, in association with the Refuge Ministries, presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement. John, this next productivity principle is that of goals. And here again, I believe Lored gives an insight into this that isn't taught in much of the success material today. Uh, this is based upon Proverbs 16, verse 9. We should make plans counting on God to direct us. That's right. That's, that's a critical proverb there because we do have to make plans. That life doesn't work unless we make plans. But we have to have God steering us uh, and directing us or, or the world will go wild. Okay, let's visit the Lored Business Principle. Planning can be a goal in itself, but goals are primarily long or short-term strategies set within a plan. The plan is the big picture, the long-term goals, and what we want. Short-term goals are like points along the way in the strategies of how to get there. Whatever we do in life should be done based upon a goal. If we do not have a goal, then we do not have direction for our lives and we will become a part of someone else's plan. We must understand that things don't just happen. We can dream of possibilities in the future, but it will not happen unless we design a plan with weekly or monthly goals on how to achieve them. We should always work from a daily planner or some list of things to do for the week. This will give us an exciting life and future because we are going somewhere by getting things done. Without planning and setting goals, we just respond to situations as they come up. That gives us a feeling that life is full of nothing but situations. Well, we, we wouldn't have to go further than just this here. There is so much value 
in that first paragraph that you could stop with the principle right there and just, but let me just make a couple of comments that are very, very critical. It says that if we don't have any goals, we don't have no direction in our life. Uh, and that is so true. If you don't have no goal, then you're responding to life and you're not going in a direction. That is so critical. A lot of people are just, you know, just kind of hee-hawing around about life. You know, they go to their job and it's not an excited life. They have to have goals in order to be happy. That's just a true rule. And the other one is, uh, if we don't have a dream or a possibility of the future, then we become uh, we, we become a, a part of somebody else's plan and future. Uh-huh. Yes. So, so we have to take that. Uh, and the other thing is that it will give us an exciting life in the future. If we have goals, that's when your life becomes exciting because then then I call it the game of life. Mm-hmm. It's a life setting the goals, meeting the goals, doing right in them. And that becomes then a game, a game of achievement and going somewhere. John, you give three things that uh, help us get somewhere in life. The first is knowing where we are. You call that awareness. That's right. Or, or it's same as saying like the facts of life, who you are, what you are, you know, and everything. It's just like deal with the real genuine issues. Look in the mirror and analyze yourself saying like, I want to know where I'm at. And sometimes you have to ask other people because sometimes you don't even know where you're at. Mm-hmm. The second is knowing what we want. That's where a goal comes in. A goal or a dream. Saying like a dream turns into a goal, but that is critical. We have to have that. We have to know what we want. If we don't know what we want, then we'll respond to whatever options come along. And the third is having a plan for how to get there. You call that a strategy. That's right. It's a strategy uh, because... That makes you function properly because now you, every morning you get up and every day you go, you work your, your day timer, you do your planning and your strategy. And so now the day you walk out the day then based upon what the plan is. Now the interruptions may interrupt, but you will stay, if you look at your day timer, you come right back and you follow the plan and that's what makes life exciting. 90% of our lives can turn out to be what we want it to be if we have a goal and keep working on the plan. When we plan our activities and reach the goals we set for ourselves, we get a great feeling of satisfaction. We have become achievers. We should ask ourselves, are the things that I'm doing this week, are they the things that I planned as part of my personal goal or things that were planned for the benefit of someone else? See, you can't get away from doing both, but the key is this, that 90% of your life should be things that you go after and it only happens if you have a goal. So you have to have to plan. So every day you get up, you're thinking about what you want to do. And if you walk that out and walk that out and walk that out, 90% of your life will be that way. And it should be. It should be making up our choices. You always will play a part because your plan also has to be involved with someone else's plan because it's a win-win situation. So you can't just be selfish. But a lot of people have a problem when I say 90% of your life can come out, turn out. Yes. Yeah, there are exceptions to the rule, but, but honestly, I believe that. I, I believe that. I, if I talk 10, 15 minutes with a person and I talk to him and ask him certain questions, I can tell, tell you where he's going to be. I can be a prophet. I, mean, I can tell you where he's going to be if, unless he changes his mind. We all must respond and participate in the ideas and dreams of others. But if we want to reach the desires of our lives, we must also have ideas and dreams of our own and start planning on how we will bring them into reality. Yes, we should have goals and make plans, but count on God to direct us. How do we count on God to direct us? That's what people have a problem sometimes. See, I believe this, that I believe that God created us with a mind that we can think and reason and we can use logic. 
But God also gave us laws to function and to, to, to keep us honest, to keep us straight, and to keep us faithful and stuff like that. So without God's in our life, without some understanding part of God as to what He, what is right and what's wrong, without that exercise, then we can build our plans and our dreams and, and go into self-destruction. And, and I, I believe that God helps us from going, keeps, keeps us from going into self-destruction. Now you give us four things that uh, really are just, they're basic things that all of us should learn as part of our production. Number one, write out our dreams with clarity. That's right. Any person that doesn't write out a dream or write out what, what he wants to be or something like that has a hard time getting there. Number yes, two, sir. write out what it will cost. Evaluate that. That's right. That because you put it down in writing, you discover things when you do that. And number three, write out our goals and strategies. You call that the plan. That's right. And the emphasis in all four of these is writing, uh-huh. writing, writing, writing. Put it down because it's like uh, it said. the prophet said, he said, uh, uh, write the vision, cast it in stone so that he that readeth may run by it. So what you are doing is you're setting the pace and the course of your life, cast in stone by writing it down. Writing it down means like cast it in stone or have it on your daytimer. You know what you want to be and where you're going to go. And then number four, you say review them regularly. That gives you focus. That's really right because if you don't review them, why even write them down? Because the purpose of writing something down is so that you can recall it. You know, when you want it, you can take a look at it. You know, where am I going? How am I measuring to that? And if I don't, you'll lose it. There is a law in life that says this, we attract that which we give attention to. So always carry a pen and paper with you to write down thoughts that contribute to your goals, and after a while you will see a plan develop to accomplish them. Writing out our dreams and goals will do two things for us. Number one, we will find out if we really have a dream or if it was just wishful thinking. That's really true because sometimes when you start writing things down, you discover that you really don't have a dream. All it is, it's a discovery. Second, we will discover the cost of that dream. Jesus said that before we build, we should consider the cost, such as time, effort, and money. That's true because sometimes people have dreams that are out of proportion. I mean, it, it's like it's so big that when they put the cost of it, they say, "No, that that's not possible." When if and if your dream is something that you you say it's not possible, then then you know you're not going to achieve it. Building dreams always costs us something. The price and sacrifices needed to achieve the dream may be more than we want to pay. So we can either forsake the dream or adjust the goal. It's very important to constantly review our goals. This keeps us focused and develops a mindset to achieve. So that's what Uh, this is doing. You're setting your mind. There you go. It becomes a self-propelled system within you. And it's a road that you travel. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the emphasis here is on the way. You create the way. The way becomes clear. You know where you're going. You know what road you're traveling. And you focus on that. And it will get you where that road is designed to be. Certain goals must be set within our overhaul plan so we can measure the progression of the plan. Without goals, our dream will seem out of reach. But if we have a good plan... With goalposts along the way, we can focus on that goal for a short term. It's all like the 10-yard line, huh, John? That's right. What happens is that that uh, uh, if you don't have, if you have a dream and if you have a plan, and if you don't set goalposts, you can't measure. And then it seems way out too far. It's a five, ten, or ten, uh-huh. fifteen-year goal in life you want to achieve in life. So, so it's it's just a dream and it never turns into reality because you don't have goalposts that say, I can reach this this week 
or I can reach something this month or next month or this year. So, so we should have goalposts along the way where we want to be. And then, then, then your mind goes an offense towards achieving those goals. It's just the way it works. And I never thought that's primarily designed so that we don't lose interest. That's right. Keeps yeah. us, keeps us achieving even though that's right. the whole. So you have not achieved the total, but you've achieved on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis. You can say, wow, man, I got something, you know. That, that's what drive keeps you driving. Now, here's one of the missing ingredients in, in normal goal planning. Of course, we must always ask God to bless our plans. If that seems difficult, perhaps we should change them. <laughs> yeah, right, because sometimes people have a goal and they cannot pray for God to bless that uh-huh. goal without bothering their conscience. That means that you're doing something that you shouldn't do. You know that. So, so don't try to achieve something that you feel guilty about because that's that's wrong. You're, you wound yourself. You hurt yourself doing it. If our plans cannot be blessed by God, then we are building on sand. And even if we achieve them, we will not be happy very long. So, John, goals are really part of this production process that makes us valuable because we are achieving. It is truly a foundation for achievement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, a couple of points on this uh, principle is without goals, we become bored. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact of life. If you don't have anything to do or nothing to achieve, you become bored. And we become, if we become bored, this is what happens to us. We become a problem, and uh, we become dissatisfied. We become arrogant, uh, mean. We become, and we become a trouble in our home or in society. You will, if you don't have a goal, you will be a problem somewhere. That's just a fact. Because because without going somewhere, you sit around and you look and see faults with people. You know, if people aren't going somewhere, they find fault with each other. But when you're going somewhere, you, you, you keep on going, let people be, and you just go after your goal. So it's critical that you have a goal in order to be happy. That's a must. Principle of goals. We should make our plans counting on God to direct us. Proverbs 16 and 9. John, that is so powerful. It is. And, you know, I had a pretty good closing closing statements there. But uh, uh, I'd like to make a couple again and kind of reiterate it. Because when we don't have goals, we become dissatisfied in life. And the reason for that is because we are not knowing that we're going somewhere. We may be going somewhere, but we don't know it because... We don't have a strategy or something. If we have goals, we are either up or we are getting up. One of the two. It just gives us drive because it gives us direction and purpose. And I can really tell you that 90% of your life can become the way you plan it. If you do it on the right principles and values, that's the truth. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.